Hi, and welcome to the off-ramp, where we help you get into your own lane so you can find fulfillment and focus on your God-given purpose. Hi, off-rampers, and welcome to this week's um, episode of the off-ramp. So when we spoke last time, I told you how important it was to be obedient, for me to be obedient. And I hope you've taken the time to reflect on your need to be obedient um, because we won't find fulfillment until we are walking in obedience to what God has called us to be. And there's a price to pay when you're not walking in obedience. Whether it's your peace and you don't feel at peace about yourself, about your life on a daily basis. When you sit down and you, you go to sleep at night, rather. So when you go to sleep at night, when you take that moment to reflect, are you happy with how you spent your day? Are you happy with how your week went? Are you happy with where your life is? And when you're not working on obedience, the answer to all those questions are going to be no. Because deep down in your heart, you know you're not working right. Okay. But we are creating a game plan today for our money. I was listening to one of the podcasts and um, I told you about um, Patrice Washington. So I listened a lot to her, to her podcast. And I also listened to a talk that she gave. And for the first time, I don't know, I've listened to her for a very long time. And for the first time, about two weeks ago, I watched one of her talks. And this scripture came up. And this was a slap in my face as much as it was to her. And as much as it will be for many of us. Proverbs 17 verse 16. It says. Of what use is money in the hand of a fool. Since he has no intention of acquiring wisdom. So if we think about the scripture. It says that if you are not willing to acquire wisdom. With the money that you have. It's useless for you to have that money. So it's useless for a fool to have money in their hands. If they're not willing to acquire wisdom, wisdom in how to spend it, how to save it, how to invest it, how to make it work for you, how to make money work for you. So today, as we start our journey um, into debt freedom, into financial independence, my job and my calling and my purpose in your life right now is to help you create a game plan. On how you're going to tackle debt. Now I know a lot of us are overwhelmed. You know you're not, you're not meeting your financial obligations every month. You're falling short. Um, even with, an, with a job. You know sometimes we fall behind on our finances. On meeting our financial obligations. And we find ourselves borrowing from one place. In order to pay another debt elsewhere. And we know we're not getting anywhere. In fact we're just digging it. We know we did it. we're digging that, that grave. That financial debt grave but we can't seem to to have a plan on how you know something solid that we can feel we we in control we can feel that we're losing control of our finances like every month so i want i want for a moment as we start this journey i want you to just calm down just for a moment don't think about all the debt don't think about the financial mess you're in or don't think about how you're going to tackle all the financial issues Right now, I just want to take you down a path 
to reimagine how life could possibly be if you have a game plan and you stick to it. I want to imagine, want you to imagine a life where you have no debt. Your car is paid up. The kids' school fees are paid up for the year. You've got nobody calling you up for anything that's in arrears, for any debt that you have not paid. You don't have any debit orders coming out of your account. Your salary goes in and you pay what you need to pay. There's no debt. You're doing your life cash. You comfortably have 100000 in savings and investments. You have way more than a year's worth of in savings. Should you lose your job tomorrow, you don't, you're not worried. You're not, you're not stressed about what you would do. You know you can survive for a year with all your expenses covered for your family and you don't have to stress. When they call you up and there's a funeral back home, most of us are living in the city and most of our loved ones are in the rural areas. So we know when there's a funeral back home, that petrol, you walk in, you don't walk in home empty-handed. You also contribute to the funeral. All those expenses can happen instantly after a phone call. And in most cases, the funeral is not next month. It's not at the end of the month in four weeks. You don't have time to budget for it. You either need to go this weekend or you're going next weekend. You're not worried about such phone calls because you have made plans for them. You have put money aside for such expenses. For the close relatives, you've got money saved or you've got a funeral policy that's specifically for them. You've got your financial ducks in a row and you are just sitting there feeling all secure because you've made all the financial decisions. You're saving more than 10% of your salary now. Salary income from your business but you're in a good financial space. So I want you to know that we need to have a plan. A life like that doesn't happen by mistake. It doesn't happen just because by coincidence, you just happen to be debt-free, you just happen to be making. No, you sit down and you create a plan. And every month when that money comes in, you stick to your commitments. My point here is for you to feel empowered, to feel in control again. We're here to acquire wisdom. We're here to learn and to teach each other. We're going to get people on this show who are going to teach us other things that I have not gone through. We're going to go through certain experiences together. Our minds are going to be opened. So I want you every month to create, we're going to create a plan where every month you're going to feel prouder and prouder of yourself. I mean... You're going to be putting money away and you're going to feel good about it every month. Okay. So where do we start? What are we learning today? There's something I discovered about two years ago that blew my mind. Simple, but it blew my mind. So about two years ago, I discovered a man called Dave Ramsey. I was looking, uh, I was on YouTube and I was searching for different ways that people are paying off their debt because I figured 
obviously I need a plan. It's about time I had a plan. Um, I discovered Dave Ramsey two years ago. I sat down with my husband. I said, baby, look what I discovered. Look what I found on the internet. And obviously my husband, we're on the same page. He said, babe, let's do this. And, you know, he is focused a lot on his stuff that he's busy with. You know, men and hustling for their family. And at that point, it was more on me to initiate and to start all of these things. He was on board. But I was the one who was going to make sure that money is going where we're saying it's going to go. Ah, but because also, I don't think I was so vested in in getting this get getting rid of debt. Uh, it kind of phased off. So at the beginning of last year, this is 20... 2019 I was consistent with this for about three months let me tell you in those three months we settled we settled two debts and it felt so good but we fell off the wagon as it happens with things that you're not really committed to and we're not doing it right so let me take you through there's something called um the seven baby steps by Dave Ramsey. It's baby steps on how to have a game plan really to get out of debt. Now I'm not going to I'm not going to re- reinvent the wheel. There's nothing new that I'm going to be creating here. There are systems in place. There's different resources on the internet that work. And this for me is the one that I feel I can endorse. I can put my effort behind and I have seen it work for me. And I'm currently on the on the on the seven baby steps by Dave Ramsey. Now, this is something that um, we forget sometimes how wise, I think, I don't think we, 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 we realize how wise the Bible is, how wise the words God, the word God has placed in the Bible are. In Proverbs 22 verse 7, it says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Let's take a moment with that. When you borrow money, you become a slave to the person that you've borrowed from. How many of us are scared to answer our phones because we know some debt collector somewhere is trying to get hold of us. We don't even answer. We miss our loved ones' phone calls trying to run away from the debt collectors. I've called a few people from my work line and they don't answer my calls and when I finally get hold of them and tell them I was trying to give to give them a call from my work phone, they say, I'm sorry, but I I thought there was a debt collector calling me, so I don't answer landline calls. That sounds a bit familiar. I know I've done that a couple of times in my life. So here we are, owing people money, and we can't even answer the phone that's not a, that's not a way to live i don't think any of us want to keep that kind of a lifestyle so let's get into the seven baby steps to financial freedom by dave ramsey step number one you start with an emergency fund he says a thousand dollars to start so you start off by securing the point of starting with uh, with this first step of of having um an emergency fund is that if you're busy paying off debt and something happens immediately, what are you going to do? You're obviously going to stop your plan to settle that next debt next month. Let's say you've got 
a 3000 worth um, debt that you wanted to settle next month and an emergency happens and you need to use the 3000 rands for something else, it delays your plan to, to finish off your debt. So if you have an emergency fund, when you start off, then whatever emergency arises, it does not interrupt your settling, your speeding up of, of paying off your debts. So that's the logic behind an emergency fund. And you want to feel secure. First, you want to feel secure that you've, you're, you're okay should something happen. And then you want to start now knocking off all of that debt. So step number one, you really want to beef up your savings. Now, I'm, we're not doing the, the $1,000 equivalent in rands. But we're doing an amount that we feel will secure our family. So right now, we have settled on 10,000 rands. That will secure our emergencies. Step number two, pay off all your debt using the debt snowball. This is what we started with last time we did the Dave Ramsey um, baby steps. And this is where we got it wrong. We didn't have an emergency fund. We, we got all excited and just started with it. Like, ah, oh, we can pay off the debt. We can settle this. We can settle that. And of course, emergencies happened. We had funerals to attend. We had things coming up, popping up all over the place that we needed to pay for. And we parked the seven baby steps. This time around, we're doing it right. And we will reach our goal of saving for an emergency fund in about four months. Okay. So we started, we started with that. And in four, I think in three months, yeah, three to four months from now will be done and we'll then be uh, restarting on the, on the, on step two, which last time we started on instead of starting at step one. Already, I must tell you, it feels so good. It feels so good to, to, to watch money pile up for our savings, for our emergencies. It feels so good. Um, we feel like we feel more empowered. We feel like we we get in control of our finances, which 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 is priceless. That's a priceless feeling. So step two, you pay off all your debt using the debt snowball. What the debt snowball means is that you start with your lowest and your smallest debt first. Of course, you could tackle the biggest one if you wanted, but you wouldn't be using the debt snowball. Um, because. You feel so, it feels so good to settle a debt. It doesn't matter if you had 1,500 in there or you had 500. When you call those debt collectors and you ask them what, um, how much you owe, you know, and what is the settlement amount? And they tell the settlement amount and you pay off that amount. It feels so good to eliminate debt. So you, it, getting the, starting with the debt snowball is you slowly start but you feel like you, you're gaining momentum already. So in the first three months or the first six months of doing it, you feel like you've won because you've already eliminated a couple of accounts, a couple of debts that you were close to finishing off. So why not just settle them? And then the money we're using for those debts, um, for those repayments every month, you now start to put them into the next one, the next one. So what happens? The amount of money you're paying on your next small um, small debt, gets more and more. So, for example, you are paying 500 rands a month for your smallest debt and you choose to settle it at the end of this month. Next month, you've got that 500 rands available for your next debt. So you start to pay more and more and more and speed up the paying off of those debts. 
the bigger ones are going to take longer, but you're going to have more money that you're putting towards those. So what you're doing is that as you are paying off your smallest one, you literally just keep your minimum payments on the others. Sometimes to gain momentum, you can renegotiate and reduce your installment and put that money towards the first day so you can finish quickly and eventually start to get um, start getting into the bigger ones. Step number three, you save three to six months of expenses and savings. So you've paid off all your debt except for the big one, the house. So you haven't, you're not paying off your bond just yet. You've paid off your car though. You've paid off your loans. You've paid off your credit card. And now you start to save three to six months of expenses. Step four, you invest 15% of your household income into retirement. This is something so deep. I need to get somebody to talk about this because when I started to do calculations on what I have in my retirement and what I need during retirement, the numbers don't add up. At this rate, it looks like I'm going to have to work until I'm 80. So I have to stick to the, to the, to the, to the seven steps. Um, Dave Ramsey's seven steps. If I really want to beef up my, my retirement. And I know a lot of us who are working, who are very far from retirement, we're not really thinking about this. Like I know a lot of black, uh, 30 something year olds, 20 something year olds. We're not really thinking about retirement. We are not really planning for retirement. We're not really putting more money towards retirement. Right now, most of us who are employed, we're just letting the employer put them, put, put some money away. But this teaches us that it is also our responsibility to put extra money away for retirement. That's something that I don't think many of us even think about. I know I don't I always not think about putting more money towards retirement. But I can understand why we're not, because we're so we so focus on the days we have today. We're not thinking about how to plan for the future. And that's what this does. When we start to create a financial plan for our financial freedom, we start to think of things we never would have thought of because we're so focused on what happens at the end of the month. That we're not thinking what's going to happen 20, 30, 40 years ago um, from now when we need to retire. And that's the whole thing about this plan is that we stop worrying about now and we start to plan for the future. That's what we want. That's where we want to live. We want today and tomorrow and the next couple of years sorted and then start to think about what happens when we want to retire. Where we're working because, not because we have to, but because we want to. Because we finally have a plan. Step number five, college funding for children. I'm sure some of you have a policy that you've taken with the company, etc., etc. But here you take that control back, you cancel that policy, and you start saving your own money towards that retire for the for the for a child's uh, college funding. In this case, university. Put money away for that instead of giving that money to an institution where they make more money and then they only promise you like 5% when they've made 15% in the market. But that's a story for another day as well. I'm not an expert there, but I would love to get somebody else who, we can, who can talk to us about that. Step number five, this is where you pay off your home early. You start putting tons of money towards your bond so you can finish off and actually own your house. Step number seven, you build wealth and you give. <sighs> I would love to be at this step. I'm really looking forward to it because I know I'm going to get there. I know we're going to do this with my husband. I know we're going to push towards this. This is going to happen for us. 
I can't wait till we can give. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of us who would love to give more to us the poor, who would love to buy more clothes for those people who are needy, would love to provide shelter for people who really need it, would love to to just be more of giving people, like to just be people who are generous with our money because we have been blessed in abundance. But you can't be generous with your money if you don't have any. You get what I'm saying? It's hard to be generous with money if you don't have any. But when you have an overflow of money, you can give from that overflow. And that's where we want to get to, where we give insanely. So I've mentioned that we have started on baby step number one and we have pinned our way to feel secure as an emergency fund based on expenses that we we anticipate will come up, what kind of emergencies we've had in the past and what we could possibly be an emergency in the future. And we've placed um, our emergency fund at 10,000 rands. We'll get a chance again to beef it up in step three when we're saving for three to six months of expenses and savings in case we feel like we just need to, you know, to add more. Um, there will also be an opportunity in step three to add more money towards our savings, um, towards our emergency fund. Now, I have learned, because I've been given the responsibility to to decide where we put the money. Um, when we used last year a normal savings account, we I opened an account with Time Bank on my personal name. And then there's a portion there where if you keep your money for, if you create a goal, you earn a little bit more money in terms of interest. And if you keep it and you give a certain time of notice, you make, you take that interest. I mean, but you forfeit it if you don't give that 10 days notice. I believe it was 10 days, but you can check. For me, that was still not incentive enough for me to keep the money in there. The moment I deemed something an emergency and made some excuse in my head that no, we'll replace it next month, we'll just double it. You know, the money was gone. It was so easy. There was no incentive for me to keep it. There was no incentive enough for me to keep it in there. I had been looking into easy equities, into putting money towards shares. My husband is into Forex and he, he puts money towards Forex. That's his business. But for me... Forex had always been complex, always a bit too complicated for me. And I was not exciting enough for me to want to spend my time learning how to trade in Forex. So that's his thing. He does that and he does that very well. But I had always been interested in shares. I opened an Easy Equities account late late last year and had and had been putting money towards demo accounts etc etc now with the crash in the market and the drop in the value of shares of companies across most of the jse listed companies that are good companies it became an opportunity a lot of them dropped from February. They just went down. They were just going down. And because I had been watching this and had been listening to the likes of Warren Buffett and a lot of people that, that invest in shares and people are in the stock market, people who are buying equity in companies, I saw this as an opportunity. Now, it may not be the best way 
I mean, if you have, if you are able to put money away in a savings account and keep it there and watch it accumulate and won't end up spending it like I do and like most of us do, go ahead, do it. I needed an extra incentive to make me excited about putting money away and not spending it at the slightest of whim and creating an expense out of the blue that I felt was important enough for me to withdraw the savings that we had put away. You see, for me, easy equities was that incentive. The market crash or the drop in the value of shares across most of the JSE companies got me excited enough for me to put money in there and get excited about watching the money grow and watching how the markets are doing. In this way, I felt, still feel I'm more empowered by putting money in easy equities and towards shares. Okay. Now, I'm not an expert in shares. I, with the limited knowledge that I have, I felt that we were making a good decision. So, there we are. My husband trusts me with managing that part of it. He's just interested to see that it's growing. Okay? So, that is a great way for us to save and to put money in a place where we feel excited about accumulating it because of the kind of account, so to speak, that we've put it in. So determine where your level of excitement is. Where will you be most excited putting your money away, but feeling that the capital that you've put in is still secure? Find somewhere exciting. Other people are buying Bitcoin. Now, I don't know how Bitcoin will do. But if you feel putting your money towards that and with being able to draw it and put it somewhere when you're done with the emergency fund portion, the point now for us is to place it in a place where we can get excited about watching it accumulate. Even if we draw a portion of it and then diversify our portfolio and put it in different places where we can have easy access during an emergency. That's another point. You don't want to lock it away in a 32-day or in an account that you cannot easily access and end up losing money trying to withdraw money because there's a penalty in a 32-day account or to notice account or a seven-day, any notice account you have, there might be a penalty for you withdrawing before, before the notice. So you don't want to lose your money in the process. So be wise about where you put it. And then question you might have is how are we saving? Where is the money coming from? And this is where the stock files come in. So, this is where the stock files come in. I know a lot of people believe that black people in South Africa specifically don't have a savings culture. We don't know how to save. And the truth is that's a lie. I think it's how we use the money we have saved throughout the year at the end of the year. We don't have a long-term savings culture, if you get what I'm saying. We don't put our money towards a stock file in the short term in order to boost something in the long term. Most of us are putting our money away during stock files. Let me, let me back up a bit. For those who don't know what a stock file is, a stock file is a group of people who know each other, who most probably have a a relationship of some sort, whether they're friends, whether they're family, whether they're colleagues, but people who know each other and see each other frequently. There's a level of trust that must be in a stock file because it's people who are like-minded who come together and put money aside. 
Now, there's different types of stock files. There are people who decide that we're going to have a stock file to put money away so we can buy groceries in bulk at the end of the year for the festive season and just to bulk up, to have bulk um, bulk groceries to last us for the next three, four, six months. Doesn't matter. I mean, that's the target. And then there are people who put money towards um, together to just split the money at the end of the year. Then another form, another form of stock fell is the one I'm in. I'm in two. I'm in the one where we're putting money away that we're going to then split at the end of the year, helping us save during the year. And then I'm in another one where we put money towards each other. We call it umholiswano or umholiswano. Um, so each, we rotate each month. There's a lady that we put money in her account. So technically that one is a thousand rand. So we're putting money towards each other monthly. So technically each woman is saving 400, uh, a thousand rands each month. And then it's like at some point when it's her turn, that all that money now comes to her because every month is putting away that thousand rands, if you get me. So this for me is another vehicle that we will be using to boost our emergency fund. We started the Mkholi Swano 1 in March and this month it's my turn. So I'll be using the money that I'm getting from Mkholi Swano to put towards our emergency fund, which gives us a great boost. But on top of that, we're still putting about a thousand rands and more when we can um, within the month into the emergency fund. So that's why any way that we can speed up the emergency fund is really going to help because the sooner we finish and pile up that 10,000 rands, the sooner we can start paying off our debts and the sooner we start feeling even better about the decision we've taken and the game plan that we're currently on. Okay. Now I'm going to do another podcast on side hustles. Because sometimes the money we have is not even enough for us to live on, um, let alone try to actually pay off debt. So where do we get the extra money? You know? So that's my um my sharing on how we're doing the baby steps. So on baby step one, determine an amount that you feel would be secure for an emergency. Please be realistic. Don't go according to your feelings. Don't be, if it's going to take you a year to save an emergency fund, it's going to take you a year. If it's going to take you two years to put money towards that that emergency fund, it's going to take you two years. The trick is if you want to do it sooner and quicker, you have to sacrifice more in the short term. So you can turn the two years into one, you can turn the year into six, into six months. So it's, a, it's your level of commitment that will determine how quickly you're going to be putting it away. And if you don't have enough money, then that's where I'm going, we're going to talk up. We're going to talk about side hustles in my next podcast. What do you do if you don't even have enough money to put to put towards that? How do you reshuffle? How do you make the extra money? What kind of decisions can you make in your finances to make sure you've got enough money uh, to play around with in terms of debt? And how do you reshuffle all of that around? That's something we're going to talk about. So I said in let's recap again. In step one, you determine an amount. That is that will keep your family secure 
based on the kind of emergencies that you'd possibly have and how much it would cost you. You put that aside. I do advise, especially if you're a family of, uh, we are a family of, of six, two adults and four children. So even the 10,000, I feel is a bit, not that it's not much for us, but, but we have an opportunity to still post it in step three. And even now within this four months, if we can even put even more towards it, even better. But the base, the, the minimum is a 10,000 for us. And then two, how to target your saving, how to find an exciting way to keep putting money away and not end up using it for something that isn't really an emergency or for a purchase on a whim. Something that gives you an incentive for you to keep the money there. Like I said, for us, it's easy equities. It makes it easy for us. Also, how we're using stock files and how you can use stock files to help boost your emergency fund. And you can use that money to, to, to put towards your emergency fund. Or if you quickly finish your emergency fund, how you can then use that money to pay off and settle your debts. Okay. So we've done the step one. I want us to then tackle the side hustle on the next, um, on the next podcast. I want to give you an activity for step two. Step, step two says you pay off all your debts using the debt snowball. Let's get to a point where you know how much you're owing with each person, with each company, sorry. Yeah, we even owe people, so even the, even the people that you owe. What I did at the beginning of last year and what I did also at the beginning of this year was to write down all the debt that is still outstanding from each of the companies that I owe. And this also involved calling the company up and finding out what is my balance. When would I possibly pay it off? You can even do that calculation based on how much you're paying per month. I've got a whole I've got a whole spreadsheet. I've got a whole spreadsheet where everything is written out. And also on that phone call, I asked them if I was to settle the debt now, how much would it be? And also especially when the, the company now, um, even if it's not debt collectors, actually, I have seen a trend with most companies, they offer now discounts if you're going to settle. They will say if you settle it at the end of the month or within the next 10 days or within the next 30 days, we'll give you a 50% discount, 25% discount. If you paid off within the next three months in this plan, we'll give you a 25% discount they're playing around with a lot with a lot of discounts now. Also ask if they offer discounts if you want to settle your account. Some do, some don't. But also do this. Remember to do this also before you pay your settlement. Find out if they will offer you an, a discount if you settle your account. This is like in the future now, not now. If they don't offer it now, it's fine. But when you when the set time to settle that debt comes up, call them up again and find out if you decide to settle your debt will they offer you a discount and you might end up paying less than what you had what you actually owed to begin with if, if you get what i'm saying whatever capital was left you may end up paying less of that not paying the interest not paying a portion of the capital that was still outstanding on your debt so the point is now it's scary sometimes to do this because 
it brings to such stark contrast how messed up your finances can be or have become or how out of control you are. Because sometimes we don't want to face the truth of how much we've messed up and we'd rather just like sweep it under the carpet. So it's time to get that out. Um, it's time to get that out. So we need to know how much you owe. And I actually stand corrected. Our next podcast will be on budgeting. Because that's a very important step to tackling the baby step all throughout. So we're going to do the budgeting and then we're going to, when you realize you actually need to make more money, what kind of side hustles are available, I'll share, I'll share my side hustles. I mean, anybody who knows me knows at some point I'm always selling something. I'm always selling something and they ch- I have been selling wigs. I've done network marketing. Like, <laughs> I'm a side hustler per- kind of person. I love selling. There's only, I'm always selling something. I'm always selling something. So I'm going to share my side hustle ideas, what I have learned with the ones that I've gone, that I've done, um, so that it gives you an idea of what kind of a side hustle you can get into. And we're going to talk about the importance of having a side hustle. Now backtrack a bit. Before we get the side hustles, we're going to do the budget. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm all over the place. We're on baby step number two. You're calling up all the people that you owe, all the companies that you owe, and you're finding out what your debt is, what your possible settlement amount is, so that you can get these numbers in order. And then you're going to put all those in order from the smallest debt to the biggest one. And then we're going to create, we're going to carry on with our game plan on how you're going to do that. And I'll share how we did it when we did it with the, when we started with baby step number two instead of baby step number one last year and how we're going to be tackling it this year as well. Okay, before I ramble on, this is the game plan. The game plan is we're doing the, the Dave Ramsey baby steps. Please feel free to, to, look, to look up Dave Ramsey on YouTube. He has a regular show. You can read up. Um, there are communities of people who are doing the baby steps, the Dave Ramsey baby steps to debt freedom. Uh, who, there's a whole lot of resources around these. A lot of people, this has been done for a long time. Um, this These baby steps have been around for years, but I suppose information comes at us at the right time. So please spend time researching Dave Ramsey baby steps and you'll find out even more information than we have here. What we're trying to do here is not to be the borrower that is a slave to the lender. We want to set ourselves free and start being the rich that is in control of our money. Our friends, thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for listening. And please... um, Send me any questions you have. Give me your feedback. I've been getting some good feedback and I'm really happy that this this podcast is helping you, that is challenging your thinking, that it's, it's helping you reflect on some things in life. I'm really happy with the feedback. Please keep it coming. I need to know that what I'm doing matters to you, that is making 
um, a change in your life. If there's any topic you want me to cover along the lines of financial freedom, please send send those through and we can tackle the we can tackle that on the show. So um let's do this, guys. Let's do this. Let's do this. We cannot be a slave to the lenders. And it's okay. It's gonna take time. It may take you a year, it may take you two years, it may take you five, it may take you six. But the point is consistency and doing and making that decision every day to be debt free. And you're going to see progress. The point is to always keep stepping forward towards financial freedom. And we're going to get there. I just need you to have faith to know you got this. You know, you've got this. You can do this. And we're going to do this together. Our friends, thank you for sharing um, this time with me. Thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for listening. Have a great one.